So you not being able to get a haircut because you're snowed in means that we can record a podcast today. There we go. There we go. Yeah, pretty much. Winter, winter, winter. I I saw snow this winter, I think. Mm-hmm. Did we? No, yeah. actually, yeah, we did. We did actually see snow. Um, but just just for a short visit, not for any length of time. I hate my life. Uh, I don't I don't get why people live in Canada on the snowy side. I guess I did for 20 odd years live in the snowy side of Canada. No, not, not I, really. Not really. No, yeah. I did. Ontario yeah. gets a lot of snow. I had yeah. to walk uphill to school both ways. In the winter. <laughs> uh, the imagery around you saying that. Yep. Oh, exactly. Well, they hadn't invented the wheel yet, so there were no cars <laughs> or bicycles. We get an age joke in every episode now. Uh, I know. And it's funny, too, because like we were talking, you met, you brought it up with Rob Walling on the, on the last episode, and he doesn't know how old I am, so the yeah. joke doesn't really land as well. That um, makes it funny. No, no, that makes it funnier. So when true. you make a joke, but they don't get it, and they think it might be real, and they're kind of like, because Rob was like, that can't be true. That makes it funnier <laughs> when they don't know it's a joke. Yeah, I guess. And then you called me 17 off air. So as long as people yes. know that Paul does abuse me off air as well with regards to exactly. age I just, discrimination. I just don't do it. I, I'm just smart and wise enough not to do it in, in public. <laughs> <sighs> so Fathom, I guess, let, let's start here. Fathom has been doing well the last couple of weeks as far as our growth has always been great but mm. it's multiplied the last little while obviously through a confluence of events like um google analytics being illegal now is it three countries now is it austria yeah. um what's austria, the other country yeah. france Germany was have, uh, yesterday uh, oh yeah yeah holland talked about it i think and now france have come in i think today or was it yesterday you know it's today oh, so the, thing the dominoes is that, are falling yeah and people don't realize as well that it isn't just austria they they work together as like a task force and they're just having these discussions behind behind closed doors so if one country says oh it's illegal then you, you can bet that it's going to be illegal in other places and also they have they all have to abide by the gdpr which is mm-hmm. it's the gdpr right so yeah, Google Analytics is having a bad time in the EU, and so is Facebook. They said they're thinking about. They said that they might have to pull out of the EU, which is so funny. Uh, and the EU is like cool. Yeah, yeah, they don't care. I love that they call their bluff because Facebook and Instagram are fucking flaming dumpster fires of 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 a plague and a blight on humanity. So I completely agree. The one downside. Do you think though, they're really going to pull out? Like, do you honestly think Facebook's going to pull out of the EU? So um, I think they're bluffing, but I think, oh yeah, I don't know. It's impossible to guess. But the one downside of them doing it, because I agree, Facebook is just absolutely awful and social media has just done so much damage. Sure, it's done good things, but the ongoing damage is just is significant. The one downside, I think, is it will disrupt a lot of jobs, you know, like paid social, that sort of thing, and people that rely on Facebook for marketing. And so I think to myself, okay, well, that happens. What I see as an entrepreneur is I think, oh, okay, cool, that creates a space for innovation. There's a new space. People have a new thirst for alternative ways of marketing, alternative ways of reaching their um, their customers, that sort of thing. I think it's a good thing. So 
I guess I didn't think of that though. Like what about all the small businesses that don't have websites that only exist on Facebook? Exactly. Yeah. So I do worry about that. that But it creates a spot for innovation and maybe someone that isn't a complete nutcase can actually build something that isn't Mark Zuckerberg. Um, Yeah. Don't like, I don't like him. I, I look at him and I wonder how much of it is what he wants to do versus what his investors expect him to do. Yeah. Because like the way they do things is, uh, we've talked about this before, adverts are adverts, but when you're willing to to watch people as they go around the web and profile it back to what websites they visited and all that, it's just, it's not cool. But you signed our terms. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, buddy. It's, but then does that get into this whole segregation aspect of the internet where Europe has one version of an internet and America has another version of an internet. And I guess China has their own version of an internet. Like, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that, if the net net is, is, is a positive here. Well, the thing is people always assume that it's only the EU that cares about privacy. We have tons of customers in the States and it's not just mm-hmm. GDPR reasons. They actually care about privacy. So it's not a case of it will just be isolation both sides. It will be a case of the EU saying, or EU business saying, well, not even a, even a business that, like it could be US entrepreneurs that start a business in the EU and say, look, we care about privacy. We're incorporating the EU for this reason. Um, come use our service. They create an alternative. And people mm-hmm. in the US could soon say, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm tired of Facebook and I'm tired of XYZ. I'm going to yeah. move to this service. Well, it's pretty easy to to incorporate in Estonia, right? So, and uh, like Estonia yeah. has set themselves up to be a good place for foreign businesses to start a business on purpose. So, I think they they're probably seeing so. And the the whole point of this conversation was to talk about um, growth, and, and I would I would I would assume that they're probably seeing that as well. Negative and growth uh, for Facebook. <laughs> negative growth for Facebook, positive growth for, for Fathom. We, uh, yeah, I mean, one day we may have 1% of the market share, which would be so much. <laughs> like it would just, it would be so astronomically large to have yeah. 1% of the internet using um, Fathom for their analytics instead of Google. Um, but yeah, it's been, it, it's interesting because obviously if things are slow in a business that that has its problems but when things get busy that also can can create some issues and obviously it's it's a good problem to have like there's there's no getting around that but like we have been busier than usual the oh, last yeah. little while you especially had. like you're the front line on that so i yeah support used to just be not very much a day to it is a substantial amount of work each day. And I'm not sure yet, um, to be honest and transparent. Like, I don't know if it's going to continue in that mm. way or if it's going to level off or if it's going to go back to the way that it was. Because I will say that most of the support tickets have nothing to do with support. They are all pre-sales questions. They are questions about when... Or if we are building certain features that that individuals want, like it's not, hey, how do I use Fathom? Because that hasn't changed. And the way that we built Fathom is to be as easy as possible for folks to use. So the it's not like support is filling support isn't filling up because we have because people don't know how to use the software. It's because they're they want to know if Fathom is a good fit. And I mean, maybe there's more writing that could be done on the marketing site, maybe. But like, no, actually, I, I disagree with that. 90% the person that just said that. 
I just, yes, who is myself? <laughs> uh, most of the replies that I give point to content. So it's not a matter. So no, maybe that is something that I could do better on then. Because if the content exists, but people aren't finding it, then how can we make it easier to surface oh. or easier for people to know that they can look on the website for information, right? So that's probably something that we can, that, that I can do better there. Maybe, I'm not sure. We had someone today and, you know, he briefly talked about it and he said, you know, is Canada good for the EU? And I'm thinking, well, of course it is, adequacy ruling. And we mentioned that in our content probably three or four times. Yep. But it's people, people will sometimes look at headings and I think headings are a good place to say EU, EU isolation or whatever we say, because not everyone reads the website, I guess, is is what it comes down to. Because let's be real, you've covered everything. you I really do think you've covered everything, mm-hmm. but it is, how do we surface that? That's a good point. I don't, but then I don't it's know. a matter of if we surface everything, we're surfacing nothing. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> There's a lot to, a lot to dance with. Yeah. Growth has been but, ridiculous and you've had so, like, there's been so much. I go through support. I'll go through support and try and get some done usually before you're awake. I think okay, I'll do some, but it's, it still keeps coming in. It's whack-a-mole. And then I guess yeah. on the other side too, on the development side, uh, you and our new developer have been hard at work as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's just, it just so happened that that lined up. We didn't hire a developer because we knew growth was coming. We just happened, we just needed a developer. So we got a new developer. Well, we knew that growth was happening all the time, even before this, this current surge that we're experiencing, growth was happening enough that and we talked about this on other episodes, we don't really need to get into it, but we, we reached a point where we did need, uh, we're a software company, we needed additional development help. Yeah, and and I think you just touched on something just a while ago. You spoke about, we're going to see how things go. That's exactly how I feel. So we had good growth. Our MOR growth has tripled or quadrupled since since you know before things really kicked off is this going to be the new norm? And every day I think, oh, okay, it's surely not the new norm. And every day I'm proven wrong. And I even tweeted about us having our best day ever since we started, best day ever. Mm-hmm. And then literally within what, five days, we had we had already beaten that. I and think so we had our best day ever for five days in a row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And something just, like that. It was like five out of six days were the best day ever. And in terms of trials, but I, honestly, I think like looking at gross volume, I think today might be closing in on our best day ever. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even sure anymore. I lose track of it all. Um, but yeah, so I'm very much, because my mind goes, oh, we probably need some technical support person to help us out part-time. And then I think, well, not an, only if this continues to happen, we're in such mm-hmm. a new landscape. We're not used to this. I, I'm looking at our MRR growth and it's just, this isn't normal. And it feels amazing. Like, <laughs> we don't, obviously we don't talk numbers, so we can't give numbers, but we have doubled our previous best month of growth in total Mm -hmm. mrr which is absolutely staggering and right place at the right time and all that jazz and we never saw this coming we really never saw this coming we've adapted we're like when we yeah i you know we were talking about everything rebuilding fathom even go back to v2 this was Mm -hmm. never part of the marketing plan no no, it just wasn't. The, random, the, the randomness of the world. It's absolutely staggering. Yeah. And I think if this continues, then do, I don't, a few things may change internally, I guess, with regards to a support hire 
Yeah, because your 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 time. I mean, I know you, you're good at support and you like support, but your time is wasted on support. Like, as because you've got because you're such a good designer and a copywriter and everything else, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I want to see if this becomes uh, the norm or if this is a blip. Like, if we have three or four months like this, then yeah, we're hiring a support person because it's going to it, it will literally be a full time job at that point. It'll be forty hours a week of support. There's no way. There's no yeah. Way. Yeah, so. so it's funny us talking about this. There's a lot of unknowns actually right now because when we talk about stuff, you know, we talk about things we've done quite often and I always feel quite confident when I talk about that. I feel like I haven't got a clue what's going to happen. I think mm-hmm. we're staying open-minded. You know, you're very vigilant with things, seeing what happens and we will have discussions. I know we will. Yeah, and I think it's we're, 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 we have always tried the best that we can to put ourselves in the best position possible for things like this working out or it, it, the flip side too, like we, we've talked about this before, like we're, we're extremely pessimistic about our forecasting because if all things don't work out, we don't want to be screwed with our, mm. with our financial forecasting. Same with this. Like I don't want to, like we didn't hire our developer the day we needed extra development help. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it took, it took us some time. One, because we're bootstrapped, self-funded, all of that. Um, and two, we wanted to make sure that we had, even if things went wrong, we would have the ability to be able to afford the development help, um, that, that we have. Right. So I think the the same is going to happen with support is we're going to wait until it's too painful not to hire. And it makes sense financially, even in our most pessimistic forecasting model, that it still makes sense financially. Yeah. And I completely agree. I'm honestly just yeah blown away by what's happened, and I think I I might have said this before, but um, this is where people talk about luck being involved in business. And I know we covered a little bit of this in the last episode. That what's happening right now is luck because we prepared for this because we thought something might happen, but we prepared. But the actual the luck is the opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't manufacture the opportunity, so that's why you would say this was luck. And it, it absolutely was. Yeah. We could have done preparation, done the right thing, and then nothing came of it and Google just continued. But instead we prepared for this and whew, yeah, it almost doesn't feel real. This is like the same growth we had in the early days when it was just, you know, hundred dollars, not hundred, um, even a thousand something to the next thousand something when we were adding mm-hmm. maybe a little bit at a time. It's just, it's nuts. So yeah. I'm yeah. When we launched, I guess when we launched V3, when everything that folks have been waiting for happened. And then it was like, oh yeah, there's a big spike here because we just launched a, a huge, we launched our our first and only big software release. Remember, we're not going to do versions anymore. We're just launching mm. features, which is what we're doing now anyways. Oh, our last one. Yeah, the last yeah. one we ever do. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's, that's a you know, good segue, my friend, into what's happening right now. What is happening right now? I'll, yeah, I'll okay. tee it up a bit more. Okay. So actually, that was a teeing it up. I don't have. Any- oh, <laughs> I just realized. I said I'm going to tee it up a bit more, and I'm like, no, that's all I had. Go ahead. You could always play the air horn <laughs> that people love. Like for people that haven't um, don't know about this, um, in the past we have played a a car horn, and it, we've actually had complaints in from listeners that it's just it's stupid. And I'm so I'm still so immature. I'm more mature than I used to be, but I think it's so funny the idea of someone listening to the podcast. And they're just this air, this car horn coming in. 
Well, so my car, I I alternate between when I hit the horn, it farts through the loudspeaker outside of the car. (laughs) Right now, we have it set to DJ, to the DJ air horn. So I honk at somebody and like, as like I, my wife gets so mad at me if I do it in the neighborhood because it's so fucking loud. Like I'll pull out of the garage and I'll hit the horn. I'll be like, beep. And then me, 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 me. But it's funny. Like every time I honk my horn, I laugh. Even if somebody like cuts me off and I'm all pissed off and then I honk and then I hear like a fart or a DJ air horn. I'm like, this is hilarious. Like this is the best thing ever. So, I, I love it. So yeah. Immaturity. Uh, um, yes. So. We have just, we've taken, I say three months now, if you include December, December was kind of wind down and it hasn't been three months solid. There've been other things happening, but we're growing really fast and we're now responsible. My father is running on over a hundred thousand websites or something stupid. I, I haven't even checked since I last started saying that, but it's stupid. We have a lot of responsibility. Now, when you're first starting a software company or piece of software, whatever, you're not always going to write tests. And the reason you're not always going to write tests, and these are automated tests, and I'll, I suppose I should explain what tests are. Mm-hmm. Um, in software, you can write code that can automatically test your code. So a, a silly example, imagine that I've got a registration form. I can write code that will open up a browser, enter in some details like Stripe payment details, submit the form, and make sure it runs okay. And so this is incredibly useful because if you modify areas of your site, it can cause other areas to break. And so the whole reason you have tests is because then imagine that we're working on a a Teams feature. We want to check that it doesn't break a permission thing over in four other areas of our app. And the advantage of automated tests is that you don't have to run the test manually. You can literally run a command and it can run hundreds or thousands of different tests. And it takes you know a couple of minutes, typically, when most people have got full test coverage. And so then you know if you've broken your software. And it just gives you more confidence to work on the code in a fast and efficient way. So up until recently, Fathom had test coverage around the most important part of the app, which was the data collector, like our analytics collector. And there is a ton of tests on there. So we had that. That was really important because our collector going offline is just, that's the worst thing that can happen. So we don't want that. And now we're moving to this place where we've got so many features and so many things going on that if we're wanting to introduce features like Teams, and I'm not just talking about chucking in this crappy little adjustment and calling it Teams. I'm talking of, of, you know, Paul, you know, we've spec'd out this Mm -hmm. Teams feature. It's really comprehensive and it's going to be very powerful. And a lot of agencies will like this. And even freelancers with clients will love this. And if you're bringing something like this into the system, you want to make sure you're not breaking other areas, especially when it comes to permissions and that sort of thing. And so the per- the reason that we've stopped and, and kind of taken a breather and are writing all these tests is to make sure we can develop things and add things confidently without worrying about things breaking in other areas of the code base, right? And so this is a huge investment. And if you work for a company, especially one that doesn't really understand testing, you can empathize with the fact that it's very hard to persuade uh, stakeholders to give you time to do tests because they don't see it. Then it's not something they can report on to you know other shareholders, that sort of thing. Oh yeah, we just took two months to make sure we have tests on our code base. You would just, it would be very hard to get that kind of thing past a, um, past a stakeholder. With us, obviously, like, Paul, you know the, the, the pros and cons of this. 
Mm-hmm. I obviously know because I, I work with the code, like this is it's Laravel stuff, right? And, and all the developers listening will know the, pur- the importance of code. And so we have spent the last few months writing tests and making sure, and we're, we're getting so close. We are so, so close. And we're going to have test coverage across our entire code base. And so what this means is we now can just go so, so fast, even with a small team, because everything we're adding, we can test and we can see if it breaks other areas. And we have tight test coverage. And yes, we're writing more tests, but it's just, it's so good. And so this is like a huge, huge, huge springboard. So if you can imagine we're putting more and more weight on this springboard and and the tests, and we're just going to shoot off as soon as things things are in place. And so that's really been the focus. And it takes a lot of discipline because it doesn't feel good because you're not shipping features all the time. But you have to keep reminding yourself that this is delayed gratification. <laughs> once you have test coverage on your code base and you want to change something, oh, it's so much easier. You, yeah. It's so much easier. It's a whole different playing field. And especially as we want to bring on more developers in the future, they're going to come in and they're going to run the test suite and see like a thousand tests and just be like, Hallelujah. if you can get a sound effect for that. I don't know. Maybe I might just leave that and just like quadruple your voice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we are with tests. There you go. I nodded out. Yeah. It's hard though. Cause like, I'm just sitting here waiting for features, but I, I know, know how, I know how important it is to do these things. And I know how we have to slow down now to move faster later, but it is hard. Like it is I hard to, it is hard to wait, but we're close. We're near the finish line, especially with our new developer who, He's very good at writing tests, you've said to me. <laughs> yeah, um, day two. He's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, okay, I've got this. And he's just written so many tests. And I, I know you're. it's hard for you as well to have to just kind of sit there. And a lot of people will say, oh, you can just write the test as you come on to, to new areas. And I'm thinking to myself, well, a new developer in the code base doesn't know about all the nuances. I just want people to be able to move through with confidence. And like, I, I think whichever way you do it, like if imagine you just do tests as you come to areas. Yeah. Um, you then like, I mean, so if we do, if we did new tests every time we come to an area, we would effectively, but then that's just it. You do a test in one area, but then you're like, oh yeah, this affects this area. So you go to this area and this area affects this area and you go to that area. <laughs> I just don't, I think that philosophy can work when you're constrained by that and you have to justify it to the stakeholder. Like if this was client work, I'd have to say that. So like, can mm. we write tests? Yeah, we'll do it each time we work on something. That would be my constraint. We haven't got those constraints and we both know that this is going to bring tremendous value to Fathom. So it's a case of let's get this done. Moving forward, we'll write tests for everything. And when we bring in a new developer, it's it's they can just dive in and they can run the test suite and they can work on something, they can break something, they can see they've broken something. And it's, it's just going to be amazing. But it's definitely it definitely requires discipline. It's one of mm-hmm. the harder things I've had to do in Fathom, for sure. Yeah, I'd rather play Hungry Hungry Hippo than have patience, so... I get it. Yeah, <laughs> we did. We did get our, our new developer to ship something on day one, which I was really happy about. <laughs> yeah, you were the uh, UTM builder. Uh, I think it's usefathom.com slash UTM dash builder. Um, yeah, so I was pretty happy about that. It's a small project, but it's, it's nice to get that momentum built, right? Of of shipping because that's that's one of the fun things about working <laughs> at a um. At a small company. Sorry. No worries. You're opening up a Bud Light, I assume. Carbonated water, always. Yeah, Bud Light. That's what Bud Light is, is carbonated water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This episode is brought to you by Not Bud Light. Do you remember when we used to have the, we used to say, we told everyone we were 
sponsored by Monster. Monster. And like, we were kind of like just joking around with it, but it wasn't obvious we were joking and people would have believed it. And then I go into this thing of, I'm not drinking caffeine anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if they were our sponsor. That would be funny. Nobody's reached out from, from, I don't know if their parent company is called Monster, but nobody's reached out. So, oh well. It's their loss. No love for us. So yeah, your your struggles with waiting for the tests to be done, and I've pro- I've extended it a few times now. Um, yeah, we're we're making good progress, but it's definitely painful, and yeah. it, it's delayed gratification, and yeah, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Yeah, and it's not like I don't have a million things to do as well <laughs> while yeah, I'm waiting. True. So yeah, but yeah, I think that's good. I think it's a good place to end it. I think that's a good little update for folks. Hope everybody liked uh, last episode with Rob Walling. Just a, a little break from the usual Jack and Paul natter on for a little bit and then hit mm-hmm. stop. So yeah, cool, man. Get back to work. Get back to mm-hmm. testing. Test time. Oh, yeah. <laughs>